different, unlike in nature or quality, distinct, another, unusual, special. Hi folks, it's KJ Bell, and welcome to another episode of An Other Way. Um, the bulk of this episode was actually recorded several, several many weeks ago. <laughs> it was actually uh, recorded, I think it was the end of October. Um, it was definitely before the election, because you hear me talk about uh, one of the presidential candidates. And uh, that's all we're going to say about that right now. Uh, but this, re I recorded this late one night when I was just frustrated. And this happens to me sometimes when, you know, because we live in a world where it's very easy to um, hear a lot of negativity all the time. You know, the news is just depressing and it's very easy to get bogged down on a lot of that stuff. And this was just one of those days. And so I sat down and sort of aired my frustrations. So... That's what you're going to get for the next few minutes. I hope you enjoy. Okay. I should be in bed. But I'm not. It's 11 o'clock, and I'm awake. I just had to get on the mic and just blab at you people for a little bit. Because um, here's the deal. There is so much hate in the air these days it's just we're living in kind of divisive and just very negative times and uh, that can be hard for a lot of people um, I know I have <clears throat> uh, empathy problems that's not the right way to phrase that um, it's very easy for me to put myself in other people's shoes I'm, I'm very empathetic um, and I think there is a certain something to be said about psychic energy. Um, and I don't mean that in sort of the, oh, you will die on February 14th, 2072, um, and tarot cards and that sort of psychic. But I, I, you know, I, I remember I wrote something one day and I just loved this line and it was, we're all just kind of drifting through each other's emotional secondhand smoke. And I think there is something to be said for that sort of an idea of of an energy of a of a for lack of a better word psychic it's I mean you know what I'm talking about when you're around somebody who's pissed off and in a bad mood that brings you down sometimes sometimes if they're in a pissed off mood and you're in a really good mood, you can lift them up. It goes both ways, but I'm telling you if you're anything like I am it, it you're a little bit sensitive to that sort of stuff. I know that it's one of the reasons that I don't go out a lot, and I um, <laughs> I try to avoid crowds for long periods of time. It's interesting because I am a performer, and I and I love performing, but I kind of have this theory that a lot of people who have um, sort of depressive tendencies gravitate toward performing arts because the energy you get from an audience is a certain kind of energy that your um, whatever it is, your brain, your body, your soul can always give you 
when you're in the midst of a sort of depressive spell. It's just a theory I kind of have about stiff. So the thing that you need is one of the things that brings you down. Because if I'm around a bunch of people for a long time, I get kind of um, foggy is one word I I have for it. Um, So it's really easy for me, and I think for a lot of people, to kind of listen to everything that's going on and just be in a very... um, just be very down and you know i'm not it's not one thing you know we have a presidential candidate right now who is running on a campaign of of division and um hatred and i just i i every day i look at it and i'm like what is going on and i'm not saying that's the cause because it's not the cause it's not the problem it's a symptom of the problem there's something going on where we're just so scared of differences. We are so afraid of people that are different, people that look different from us, people that don't speak the same language as us. I don't I don't understand what it is. I mean, you see it with Brexit. That was a thing that was fueled on fear of immigrants. A party in Germany that's very um, anti uh anti-immigration won a lot in this last election and you see it here in the u.s these days with just the division that we have politically and it's not just about this campaign i don't think you know we've we've been living in this very binary sort of political climate for uh, my entire lifetime um where we're kind of at a point now where you know if democrats don't like something Republicans like it. You know, I'm I'm firmly, I used to say all the time, it's like, if there was a bill in Congress about mustard that was introduced by Republicans, Democrats would hate it and want to introduce a bill about ketchup and vice versa. Just because there's, there's it's, uh, nobody listens. That's the problem. And that's why I'm frustrated. And that's why I have to get on the mic and just blab at you for a little bit. Another thing I wrote one day, I, I have these these lines that just come out of the pen in, in my writing practice sometimes that um, I'm like, oh, where did that come from? That's really good. Um, and I've, I've turned this into an affirmation that I end a lot of my morning pages with, and that is, um, silence is deadly, but yelling is unproductive. Listening is the key to everything. And it's three things that I firmly believe, because I really do believe that silence is deadly. If there is something that you're suppressing, um, and my, my LGBT people, we know this, we know this, if you are in that closet, it can mess you up. It's, it's a rough thing. And I'm not saying that straight people don't have that because they definitely do. I, there are things that, that everybody denies about themselves and that it kind of eats, um, eats you from the inside and it just can be so silence is deadly but yelling is maybe even worse and i think that's the the thing that is um that frustrates me the most about politics these days is it's a lot of yelling and don't mistake me for volume here i'm not always talking about just 
Ah! Because you can be yelling at somebody quietly. What I'm talking when I say yelling, I mean you're just talking at somebody and not trying to understand where they're coming from and not trying to have a discussion. That's the problem. We don't have discussions in this country anymore. Well, we do, not nearly enough. That's the problem. One of the problems. I don't know what all the problems are, but I know that's one of them. Um, it's, I, just, I really think if we would just listen more, because that's the thing. Dif- finding people who are different is what makes you grow. And it just amazes me. You know, I was listening to NPR today and they were talking about this campaign and um, the sexism involved because, you know, we have the first woman who is running with for a major party for president of the United States. And regardless of how you feel about, about her, that is amazing. The fact that we are finally catching up to a lot of the rest of the world and that a woman, it's just, I just, I'm so happy for little girls across this country who haven't been able to look at anybody. You know, you look at the line of presidents that you see in elementary school classrooms and none of them look like her. They're all men. For the longest time, they were all white men. Um, so regardless of how you feel about this specific woman, I, I think we have to acknowledge that this is a big step. And I know just me putting this out is going to get a lot of um, um, pro- possibly negativity thrown my way. And I, I don't care. Sorry about it. Comment on whatever comment section is under this. Just Or just turn me off. You know, that's always an option. You have the option to not listen to me. Anyway, this NPR story, they were talking about um, the 2008 campaign and some of the racism that developed. And they played a clip of a lady at a John McCain event talking about how um, Barack Obama, she didn't trust him because he was an Arab. And... John McCain said, no, that's not right, and pointed out that, no, he's he's a nice, he's a wonderful family man, I believe is what he said, and we disagree on some fundamental issues, but he's not a bad person, is basically what McCain said. And I, I, I didn't remember that until they played it on, on NPR this morning, and I just, um, I appreciated that. Because here's the thing, if you've never met somebody who's Arab yeah, you don't know what Arabs are or who Arabs are. If you've never really dealt with black people, of course you know nothing about black people. If you've never met a gay person before, well, yeah, you're going to not understand a gay person, especially because, you know, when you see gay pride celebrations, they never show the people like me and my friends who are there in in just jeans and a t-shirt it's always the guy in the spangly speedo with the angel wings up on the up on the float um and i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm just saying everybody has such a narrow view of things until they listen you know i I just i think about black lives matter and I, i i hear you all right now some of you just going oh no 
Um, but here's the deal. There's Black Lives Matter and there's All Lives Matter. And I, I get the All Lives Matter argument. Yes, all lives should matter. Um, but I am a staunch supporter of Black Lives Matter because we're just in this place right now where the fact that that has to be a movement should tell you everything you need to know. But here's the deal. My best friend is a black woman. And I grew up in New Mexico in a town with, um, there were a lot of white kids. There were a lot of um, Native American kids, mostly Navajo, because where I grew up was right on the edge of the Navajo nation. And there were a lot of Latinos. There were not a lot of black people in my hometown. Not a lot of Asian people. So I, I, for a long time, whenever I would, we went to Washington, D.C., my orchestra, my junior year of high school. And I remember those of us that had, that had grown up in that town were like, oh my gosh, there are so many black people. And it like weirded us out, not because they were black people, but just because we, you know, we lived in a town where there were five black people. (laughs) So it was a little, it's like, oh it changes your perspective. But like I said, my best friend is a black woman and I we met when I was uh, 19, I think. I don't know. It's been a long time. But it hasn't been a long time. Uh, we celebrated our 7-year anniversary on Facebook the other day. So, you know, big deal. Um but anyway, if I had never met her and never had the conversations with race with her Oh, back up. If I had never met her and never had the conversations with her that I have had about race, I would be firmly in the all lives matter camp. Because, yes, all lives matter. They do. But because I know her and I know what she's been through a little bit, I understand more now. I've learned from her. Um... So that's why I think that Black Lives Matter is an important movement. And see, here we go with the binary thinking again, because we're in a place where if you say, oh, I support Black Lives Matter, um, a lot of people think that means that you automatically hate police officers. And I don't hate police officers. I have a very dear friend who's a police officer. And I think it's horrible that there is this hatred of police officers, but that being said, there's definitely a problem. I'm sorry about it. There's definitely a problem. And here's the thing. It goes back to that silence is deadly. If we don't talk about the problem, the problem just gets worse. We have to listen to each other. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm very frustrated lately. And, um, some days i i don't know if things can get better i really don't and i i i struggle with that and i want them to get better i do and i i can't believe i'm about to say this because i've spent so much much of my life with sort of this myth, misanthropic outlook of people are idiots but i really do think that humanity has the potential to be better. 
I really do. I and I I want it to be better. I do. But that's the thing is is we should always be moving forward whether in our culture or in our personal lives. And um maybe that's a problem. I'm just kind of having this realization now. Maybe it's exactly what I started this podcast for because maybe it's just too many people hiding from themselves and therefore running and hiding in society. Ooh, this is good. (laughs) Oh, I like having ideas like this. Um, I don't know. I just, (sighs) so, Pulse. That's what comes to mind right now. There was the shooting in Orlando at the Pulse nightclub. And uh, I know that the media has has spun it in 80 different directions saying, you know, it was a terrorist attack and blah, blah, blah. It was a hate crime. It was a hate crime. It was specifically targeted at the gay community. And it hit me rather hard. Harder than I anticipated. You know, I woke up that the morning after and was like, oh, another shooting. And I hate that that was my reaction. It's like, oh, okay, here we go again. Um, And I'm not trying to get on some sort of, we need gun control kick right now. I'm just telling you a story here. Um, I woke up and I, and I, the more I learned about it, and I was like, oh, it was a shooting at a gay nightclub. Here's the thing. And you may have already turned off your, um, (laughs) you may have already turned the podcast off as soon as I mentioned that I was gay. But if you don't know any gay people, let me, let me tell you something here. We live with sort of a daily threat that we just get used to. You know, we can be mocked, we can be ridiculed, we can be disowned, we can be um, attacked verbally, physically, emotionally, we can, we are killed just for being who we are. And that's a daily threat. Every time I step out my door, I run the risk of some sort of um some sort of attack in that manner and it's it's just what we kind of become acclimated to. But there are places like Pulse, those sort of places where we can gather and we don't normally feel that way. We can gather with people who understand that threat. And we can gather with people who see us and know our struggles. And we don't have to worry about it. And then something like that happens. And um, I work at a church. I, I am the choir director at, at, a, at a church in the town where I live. And um, I'm not... <laughs> really religious at all. It's it's funny when I when people who I've known forever find out that I have this church job because it's it's like, really, you? You're working in a church? Um but we had a we had a special uh my choir doesn't sing in the summer normally, but we had a special date um the week after the pulse shooting. And I got up in front of the congregation, and I don't normally talk. I don't normally say things to them before the choir sings. But I I told them what I just told you about 
those spaces. And I said that it, it might sound crazy to them, but places like Pulse can be just as sacred as the sanctuary of that church because it is one of those safe places. And I, and I, <laughs> I told them I was frustrated and I, I was very angry and it's a hard thing when you have that sort of frustration and anger that you can't point at somebody. It's, it's a lot easier to be angry with someone and that you can blame, but when you're just angry at the world and an idea, um, it can be really rough. And so I told them that I felt like I couldn't do anything. And then I realized that I could do something and that was encourage them to listen and that's the same thing I'm encouraging you to do. I just, just, just listen. Find people who are different than you. I'm not saying like go out and find you a black friend. <laughs> Although, I I would love more black friends, um, because they're they're fun people. <laughs> Is that racist? That might be racist. I don't know. Um. See, that's the other thing. You have to listen to not just what people are saying, not just the words they use, but the intention behind the words. Because, you know, words are just words in a lot of ways. Um, George Carlin, the brilliant comedian, has a, a thing where he says, you know, there are no bad words, there are bad thoughts and bad intentions. And I really do believe that. I, I love language and I love words. And they can hurt. Don't, I'm not saying that they can't. Um, but I'm saying don't don't just look at the words. Have you ever watched... Have you ever, like, read the transcript of something and then listened or watched the person actually say those things? It completely changes it. And I think we forget that. Um, so we just need to listen more. I just, I keep saying it, but it's true. Find somebody who's different than you and just, just talk to them. Just expand yourself, expand your mind. Travel. I'm telling you, travel is one of the best ways to do it. Um... I was 17 the first time I went to Europe, and that blew my mind. I've, I've been fortunate. I, I've, I live less than 100 miles from the town I grew up. I have lived in the same 100-mile radius for my entire life thus far. That's changing soon. Um, but I've been lucky enough to travel to some amazing places, and that is one of the biggest things that you can do to expand your mind. Go somewhere where you don't speak the language and try to speak the language. It's so, it's so heartwarming <laughs> when you go somewhere where you don't speak the language and you try and the locals, it's, it's funny. You see them genuinely appreciate the effort. I mean, some of them don't because, you know, there are, there are assholes everywhere. Um, <laughs> it's true. There really are. Some of them just think you're butchering the language, which you probably are. Um, but when you, when you see those people and, and they appreciate it, it's just, it's, it's so nice. And 
you learn. You learn. But some people don't like to learn, which I think is really sad. You should never stop learning. Which is why I want to do this podcast. Because I want to learn more from doing it, and I want to help other people learn more. Um, I guess that's it. I guess that's all I wanted to say about hate and listening. Just peace and love, man. <laughs> all right, so this is KJ Bell. Go out there and live a creative listening life. So there you go. <laughs> There's my 25-ish minute soapbox on hate and differences and things. So join us again next week. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter at that KJ Bell. Uh, subscribe. Subscribe. Like I'm a four-year-old child. Subscribe to the podcast um, on the iTunes and visit the website in the description. Of course, if you're listening to this, you might already be visiting the website. So if you're already there, you know, kind of click around and see what else is there. You might find some fun stuff. <laughs> see you later, everybody. <laughs>